Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Drifting Prime, and I am your host, Gerald Hernandez. And this week's guest we have on Mike Power, um, who actually just won his Pro 2, Pro 2 license. He actually took uh, first place at the Sonoma Drift Shootout last year in 2019. Um, anyways, I hope you guys enjoy the show. Thank you for listening. So what's up, man? How you doing? Dude, I have been chilling. Um, it's been a little weird lately, considering this uh, COVID stuff. But tell um, me about it. You know, make making the best, making the best of it. I actually uh, just moved into a new place uh, with my girl here, and uh, we've been pretty busy just getting situated here in the new house. You know, that's about it. And I've just been trying to get accustomed to all the the new stuff <laughs> going on. Where are you based out of? I'm actually living in Long Island, New York. Oh um, shit! I'm originally. Okay. I'm a, it, it's kind of funny because I was born, born and raised in Port Jeff, moved to Smithtown, and now I'm living in Port Jeff again in the house that I grew up in. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. so pretty happy about it. Uh, but uh, you know, it does come with a little bit of work on the side. So we're just. Uh, we actually moved in here a little ahead of schedule because of the COVID stuff. And I'm just trying to protect the family. Bless you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, COVID. For sure. And especially out there in New York. Uh, but if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and what you drive and all that fun stuff and where you drive. Sure. Um, are we re- we're recording now? Oh, we've been going. Oh. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, for anyone who doesn't know, and obviously we really haven't chatted before, uh, my name is Mike Power. I drive, uh, well, last year I drove a 2JZ powered 89 240SX, but this year we'll be driving a 2000 uh, S15, also 2JZ powered. Um, but yeah, so um, we've been killing it in the S chassis, <laughs> chassis for the past couple of years, and uh, this year we'll be in the S15, which I'm very excited about. I don't know if you've ever listened to this podcast before, but I am a huge advocate for the S chassis. <laughs> Anyone who is in drifting I'm should lying. love the S chassis. I hate it. I hate them. <laughs> I hate them. Well, I don't what? hate them. I get they what? work. I get it. Well, I get... I, look, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. It's fight just with so you, cookie, but... cookie cutter. But they fucking work, I, so dude, I can't. You know, you can't be mad. Exactly. I totally understand where you're coming from because like it is. Them. Yeah. It is the easiest chassis to get into and drift with, but it's also the best chassis to learn how to drift in. You know, you're kind of yeah, you're, you're probably, doing yourself a favor. Yeah, yeah, probably not wrong there because I've never driven one. So cross that, you we'll know, cross that bridge I, when I get there. <laughs> well, well, what do you drive? Uh, Cadillac. <laughs> Hell yeah! Well, so. I mean, dude, that's that's what's up. It's all right, but you know. S chassis is just uh, I actually before I even bought my S chassis I was actually interested in buying a FC RX7 as my first drift car. Oh really? And when that I like was, this. Yeah, yeah, dude, me too. I've always loved the FC and the FD. FD has been my favorite car ever since I learned about cars and actually like got enough knowledge to like a car. Um, the FD has always been a favorite of mine, but when the FC that I was looking at was a flop, a friend of mine actually was selling a S13, and you know I was so eager 
to buy a chassis and get into drifting just because of how excited I was getting yeah. into it. Yeah. I was just like, I threw everything aside and I was like, I know the S chassis works and you know, everyone who's ever gotten an S chassis, like they've learned how to do it in it. And so it was just a good chassis. So I ended up getting that and you know, I really don't regret it. But at the same time, I still love FDs and FCs. Yeah, for sure. I remember when I was a kid, my dad had one. He had well, it wasn't a fucking FC or FB, you know, an FD. He had an FB, and he'd be like, "Pull the choke so I can start it." <laughs> when he was working <laughs> on it, yeah. I remember that. But that's that's the closest thing I've ever known to a rotary. And apparently, he used to play with them when he was a kid. Dude, rotaries are very cool, and I I kind of consider like a rotary to like a like a two-stroke dirt bike, you know, you have to be, you have to put the right pre-mix in it, you got to drive it right, you know, everyone talks shit about the FC or the FD and the rotary, and like, they're not, they're not reliable, but, you know, I kind of refuse to believe it, it's kind of just like, you're not willing to put in the time to have a rotary, like, work for you, you know? Yeah. I feel like they work. But that goes for anything, though, like, for anything you're going to put the most time into is going to work best for you. Um, yeah exactly you've seen guys with like rbs yeah like guys with rbs who've kind of like made them last a while like i think uh ryan literal i think he pushed his rb for quite a while before he finally yeah popped it Um, yeah rb is also another thing but also it's tough for us in the u.s market it's because we don't really have the support for like a 2j or anything in the u.s market that's very popular like if we had the same support with a 2J and all the parts that were available to us, I'm sure RBs would prosper just as much as, just as, much as any other, you know, motor. You yeah, know, but it's just, with the parts it's just not what you being, have available. Yeah, yeah. not being as readily available to you guys, I can exactly. imagine. Exactly. It's, it's more of a hassle so, to know, get the parts. Yeah, and the people who yeah. have the RBs and stuff like that, they take care of them just as much as any other motor, and you just got to be, you know, precautionate about what you're pushing and take care of what you got, because, you know. All right, so let's get into, uh, let's. how'd you get into drifting? Let's start from the beginning. Or just, how'd you get into uh, cars to begin with? And maybe we'll dude, it's so segue into it's, drifting. It's, it's very funny, because um, for a long time, I was actually big into BMX, so... I actually had a dream of becoming a professional BMX rider. Uh, I actually went as far as living out in California on my own and was training to be a professional uh, a professional BMX rider um, until um, I was back home. I broke my hand, and I had about two months off of riding bike, and I spent a lot of time with my best friend from high school, Connor Croke. Um, Connor Crook, long friend of mine, he was really into uh, drift cars and, you know, stylish Japanese JDM style cars. So I was spending a lot of time at his house all the time and he was, uh, you know, just giving me all the info on all these cars and stuff that he was interested in. um, It was after that, I basically just grown to love these Japanese cars and I really actually connected with him on the fact like, you know, the stuff that he liked was actually really cool. And, uh, he eventually actually got a 240 and, um, we were talking about these cars and stuff. And as I was about to get my license, you know, learner's permit and all that stuff, I was, I actually got an STI as my first car and I loved it to death. And then, 
uh, Connor actually uh, brought up the idea of us going to a drift event together just to go check it out. Um, we went to Club Loose, I believe it was Freedom Moves back in 2014. Uh, and till that day, you know, I've loved drifting ever since. We went to that drift event and I seen how wild and how much fun these people are having um, pushing their cars and just building these drift cars just to have fun. And, you know, it was just, it was so addicting seeing all these people having this type of fun. And I literally told Connor like that day, I was like, I'm buying a drift car, I'm building a drift car and I want to do this like <laughs> as much as I can. And ever since then I bought a 240 and I got into it and I've loved it ever since. What year was that? Uh, I believe that was twenty. I believe that was twenty fourteen when I went to my first drift event. Shit, man, how old are you? I am actually. I am twenty three years old. Oh, okay. Damn. All right. Yeah, you got a lot more going on than I did when I was twenty three. Uh, <laughs> so how? So how long have you been driving? So I believe I started driving. Um, I really don't keep track of it. <laughs> it's just uh, I kind of remember from people asking me. Um, I believe I started in 2016. Um, it took me about two years to build my S13 that I bought. Um, it was pretty basic in the fact of power and supporting mods on that. Um, but other than that, I just had um, the things safety-wise because I really believe that uh, having a safe car made me more comfortable pushing myself and in driving. So um, it was just like an SR. SR20, you know, good suspension, caged car. Uh, the car was also crashed when I bought it, so we tubed out the front. Uh, pretty simple, stuff like that. Um, so I started in 2016, and I really just just kept on pushing. You know, when I started driving Club Loose in 2016, the only thing I wanted was to be in a group with the guys who was t the guys who were tandeming and having the most fun that you could get out of Club Loose. Just e-town as a whole so that's all i had my eyes set on was just getting a group so you know that's that's all i wanted to do yeah <laughs> it, so you said it took you two years to build your car uh were you getting any seat time while you were building it or no, were you building it all. oh shit so if you started in 2016 you just started driving in 2018 then Oh no no no! I'm I'm sorry. So the oh, two okay. years before 2016. Got it. That's so all. 2016 that's all. would have been yeah exactly. So okay. 2016 would have been when I started drifting exactly. Gotcha. But yeah, so I I really had no seat time other than uh, at the time I I had an S15 with a 2J swap in it, which was really <laughs> kind of crazy for me to have at the time. And all I did was like donuts in it and had fun and. Um, you know, bare minimum drifting experience, stuff like that. And I just, I had a well-rounded idea of what I was getting into. So it made it kind of easy, but at the same time, there's so much for me to learn when I got into it. Yeah. And then uh, when did you start competing? So I, I started competing in 2018. Um, my first competition event was um, U.S. Drift uh, at Hyperfest. Oh, the first shootout? That wasn't the first yep, shootout? Yeah, the first shootout they did. Oh, that did. was the first shootout. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So um, the first shootout they did was at Hyperfest. I actually, uh, we took my SR20-powered uh, SR13, uh, basically took 
everything off of it. Went 2J, swapped, four-speed dog box, quick change, wise fab. Just, you know, everything that you would expect from a competition car now. But I had no experience in that. So we basically went from me having a pretty simple, kind of a little bit more um, elaborate than most cars with an SR20 saw like all the suspension was done up all all that stuff was done up but we basically just swapped it all out uh for like competition style setup car and we went out there we gave it our best i mean i was i was actually pretty proud of what we did um not concerning the fact that i went out there and the first time i ever drove this car was during competition because the day of practice it it rained all day so i literally looked at all the guys that were with me that day at the track and i was like guys like like i don't know how comfortable i'm gonna get with the car it's raining like we don't even know how to set up this car because i've never driven it so the first day before competition we got no seat time no data on how we want to set up the car and it was it was insane but you know out of 40 drivers we came in top 10 i was very happy with that and yeah. you know, I was really, I was really excited for the future because this was a car that I wanted to drive. You know, I was very excited to drive this car, but unfortunately, I didn't have that seat time to really, you know, just really like do good at the event. So, yeah. you know, top ten, top ten was, I was ecstatic with that. You know, it, it was good for me, but that kind of sparked the whole like, okay, I want more. I want to do more competing. I want to get good at more, better at this. You know, more better. Yes. Yes, more better. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what? Or gooder? Yeah, more good. Uh, what other did? What else? What other driving did you do that year in 2018? Because um, there was only one shootout that year, right? Did you do any? Have you done any pro am, um, like series at all? No, actually. So it was really weird because um you know midwest drift union they've been really big in the whole pro-am scene and doing all the series trying to get people into pro 2 and get them their license 2018 was the year that they weren't doing anything so i was building this car i was like all right we'll do hyperfest that'll be the first event of the year and then we'll go do another pro-am series but there was no other pro-am series after after um us drift hyperfest so unless you drove was, to the south or weird. texas yeah unless i literally drove literally completely out of my way just literally made that that huge dedication to go compete um i was really hoping something local was going to be there but it, it really wasn't so um i really just took the time after hyperfest and i was like you know what i'll go i'll go to my local events and i'll just drive the car and i'll learn my car and then we'll go from there so it was kind of just like it did Hyperfest, drove that year at Claude Lewis. That was about it. Didn't really drive anywhere else, except I did um, I did a Pocono event with RSD uh, for one weekend, and that's about it. But that actually did help us get together a lot of things that we wanted to fix and get ready for 2019. Yeah, so let's go through 2019 a little bit, because I know you won Sonoma, right? Yes. Okay, so you won the sh- shootout there. Did you do any other shootouts that year? Yes, we actually did a couple. So uh, 2019 has definitely been the best year of my drifting career. Um, I <laughs> thinking back of it, 
thinking back of uh, 2019, it, it fills me with so much joy just because of how much fun we had. But um, so it's pretty funny because the first competition we did in 2019 felt very similar to 2018 because I literally finished the car after we renovated all the stuff that I didn't like about it for from 2018 into 2019. I literally finished the car the day at the track during practice. I got there late during the day and they're like, okay, you literally have 30 minutes left in practice. And they literally almost tell me that my car didn't qualify for tech uh, just because of some weird tire regulation. But that was overruled because we, we worked it out. Nothing, nothing strange went on with that. It was just, we had to talk about it. Um, so they're literally like, all right, get suited up, get in your car. It's Friday. This is practice day. Get in the car. We'll get some data. And then tomorrow you'll be better off than just no practice. Um, get in the car, get suited up, drive out there. Dude's car goes on fire, track shuts down, practice is over for Friday. <laughs> so I literally finished my car uh, Thursday night. Loaded my car up Friday, drove all the way from New Jersey to Virginia, got there, unloaded the car after we worked on it for an hour, and got on the track, and then the track was shut down. So I couldn't even do a lap. Sweet. So the first lap that I took of 2019 in my new car was during competition against another driver. And how'd you end up doing at that one? So we lost the first round against the driver of um, first time me sitting in my car for 2019, which was, you know, I mean, there's really no surprise just because, you know, <laughs> it's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but um, luckily, U.S. Drift does double, double elimination. And just because we lost our first round, we really weren't kicked out of the competition. So I was like, you know what? We'll make the best of it. We'll just we'll keep learning. So it was really cool because we lost our first battle, but when we got put in the loser's bracket where we get to keep fighting for our chance to stay in the competition, um, we got put against drivers who weren't at the competition. So I got two buy runs. For so guys that like, didn't show okay. up? For guys that didn't show up. Yeah, so hang, on, hang, like, on one second. Is... hang on one yeah, second. Hang on one second. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. So then you got, you got the two buy runs. So... Obviously, you won those two. So where did you end up going from there? So it was super funny because I, I literally looked at my crew. I was like, guys, I was like, we have to capitalize on this. I was like, we didn't get the practice. We didn't get to do anything. I have no idea what I'm driving right now. You know, like I'm familiar with the 2J and the YSFAB and all that stuff, but we changed a lot of stuff. So I was like, yeah. I was like, we're going to collect data. We're going to look at the car. We'll figure it out. Did two buy runs. And they're like, you look pretty good. Let's tuke it here, let's tuke it there. Um, we actually had a problem where our boost solenoid was over boosting our um, turbo, and we were we capped it off at like 25 psi, so that's about six, you know, high six horsepower, and we were actually hitting on accident 30 pounds of boost, and it was cutting out because our safety was put at 30 pounds of boost, so we we're maybe. Yeah. Uh, 2J standards with 30 pounds of boost, maybe towards 800 horsepower. We ended up actually running all day because we didn't know until the end, of the end of the day that that was our problem. But um, we were super, super fortunate to have those two by runs because we actually ended up, you know, taking people out 
in these um, in this loser bracket. So I don't know the exact standings just because they they didn't get posted after the race. But we took out at least maybe four to five drivers, you know, in the losers bracket, which I was super proud of, and we were really fighting for it. Um, but you know, we we didn't make it anywhere close. I don't even think we were in the top ten. We might have been, but um, you know, I really was just focused on getting comfortable with the car and just doing the best that I could. And I, I actually left that track that day. Was Well, actually, I didn't even leave the track that day. We actually drove the day after. There was a practice event. Um, and I was, I was actually I was really happy about it. You know, we, we didn't do as good as we wanted to, but where we were standing on Friday where we showed up with an unfinished car to be able to take people out, in standings you know i was very proud of of myself and my team and we came together and you know we made the best of it and sometimes that's it's all you can really ask for especially in this type of this type of drifting you know especially in pro-am you just go out there do your best and you know if you get there you you know you're happy about it and you're constantly learning too yeah so what virginia which one's that that's the uh hyperfest so no, actually, so 2018 was Hyperfest, but 2019, uh, U.S. Drift was not paired with Hyperfest. U.S. Drift did their own event at uh, Old Dominion Raceway, but I don't, I don't, I think it's just called Dominion Raceway now because they repaved it and made it nice again. But mm. that's in, um, that's in Virginia, yeah. What was the, uh, so what was the next one you did? Was it Sonoma or? Yeah, so <laughs> it was really crazy to think about. It, it was nuts. So um, we drove uh, U.S. Drift at Dominion, and then I was talking to a bunch of people, and I was like, well, I was like, I don't want to repeat last year and just do one event and just drive solo for the rest of the year and not compete. So I was like, well, where else can we go? And... I, I looked it up and there was a lot of pro-am events not to mention they actually they actually took on the um, the idea of the shootout uh, US Drift was actually working with a lot of these people across mm. the country doing shootouts all over so I was talking to Brian from US Drift and he was like hey we're doing a shootout in Sonoma and we're we're pairing up with Vegas Drift and they're going to do a shootout in Colorado and then we're going to Midwest Drift Union. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to go to all of those. So we made the decision to drive from Long Island, New York, where I'm from, all the way to California. And um, long we drove to drive. Sonoma. <laughs> You're telling me, man. Um, it was a long drive, but I'll tell you right now, I do not take it for granted. And it was actually one of the best experiences of my life. And I actually got to spend a lot of great time with my family and the people that um, actually wanted to see me succeed and do good at driving. And it really made it, it really made me appreciate um, how far we come. And you know, uh, just the fact that we drove from New York to Sonoma that was good enough for me. You know, I was I was just I was just very appreciative, and I was just like, you know what? If things keep going this way. I can expect a really good future from us. And that made me really excited for our future. Um, but going to Sonoma and, you know, just, just staying calm and just, you know, just 
getting ready for the worst and, you know, just trying to drive my best and ended up taking the win. That was, that was one of the greatest moments of my life. And then, and still today, you know, I look back at it now and it's still one of the greatest moments of my life. Nice. And then, so in between those two events, did you get any other seat time? No. What? I, from fucking wild, yeah. man. Uh, the, the only driving I did in my S13 from Old Dominion to Sonoma was driving my car on the dyno, getting it ready to put in my trailer and drive to California. That's it. Yeah, see, and then that's like, a, that's, I, I'm so guilty of that too, of just showing up and hoping for the best. And sometimes it does work out. Case in point, yourself. You did just show up in basically in a car you haven't really driven and you took the win at an event. And that's what gives so many people hope and you see so many people do it like with going into prime and stuff like that, like right away, like I did, like an idiot. Uh, But but you're hoping for what happened to you to happen, you know, to your well. You're hoping for what your outcome was is something that, you know, a lot of aspiring drivers do the same thing and they show up in a car that's like not really prepared. They've never driven it. Yeah. I, I honestly, I wish that on anyone because, you know, the amount of work that went into getting the car ready, just to go out there to California and do good just to be able to get on that track and do a lap. I was happy yeah. not to mention winning the event. You know, I was proud that we drove and were literally parked in the pits and I got my car out of the trailer. I was just proud of that. And I was like, anything from here. I am happy of that because we planned it out where we went to Sonoma and that we were going to race our way home. So we had it planned properly, but you know, I wish that on anyone, you know, that it's not really something it's not ideal. Like if you have the time to learn your car and put it in the time, get some track, get some track time, some seat time, get familiar with the car and the setup, you know, obviously do that. Do not wait until you're going to an event to learn your car and hope for the best because you know i don't want people to go to an event and expect they're gonna win and then if they get you know if they have a shitty a shitty day at the track i don't want them to you know beat themselves up because you know even for me that was pretty far-fetched going from you know just competing once just driving my car once that year to going to sonoma and winning you know that was far-fetched i mean we did it i'm super proud of that and you know i'm super grateful that we had that experience but you know it's not it still wasn't ideal i would have loved to drive my car before we went out to sonoma so after we won but i mean that being said after we won sonoma i was like okay cool we won so now i have my pro license for a pro too so we we drove out we got what we came for now i can spend the time to get comfortable in my car we're going from sonoma to colorado so we we raced in the the vegas drift even though it's it's called vegas drift they raced in colorado uh we did the colorado shootout with us drift and vegas drift um and we did colorado we went home for like a week and then we went back out to midwest drift union in ohio um so i i took the time i was like okay i was like i got i got what i wanted out of this i got my pro license so now we can go do pro two now i'm gonna focus on my setup and you know really get comfortable in this car and get that seat time that i really want in this competition atmosphere yeah but 
you know, at the same time, it's it's weird. You know, you know, if you if you finish a car the day of the event, I wish you the best always because I know anyone who's out there listening to this right now and they're working on a pro am car right now, and they want to go race. And if they don't get any seat time beforehand, I wish them the best, you know, because those are the people that are seriously busting their ass. And it takes a lot of de- dedication to do that. So I wish those guys the best. But if anyone, ha- if you have the time to get in a car, your car and, you know, get that seat time, definitely capitalize on that. Yeah. Always. You need that. Definitely uh, need that. How did you do in the other two events that you did after that? So the Vegas Drift <laughs> and MDU. We- so we did okay. I mean, we ended the season on kind of a bad note, but I, I took the best out of it. Um, but back to uh, Vegas Drift in Colorado, uh, we did okay. You know, we um, we had some car problems practice day before. It actually blew an uh, intercooler kind of in half when the end tanks pretty much exploded. And we had to take the uh, intercooler to a local speed shop where they literally welded this thing up for me, and the dudes were super cool. I wish I knew their name off the top of my head, but um, these guys were super cool. They literally took the my intercooler, welded it up, handed it back to me. They're like, no, nah, don't worry about it. I was like, yeah. I was like, you thought, like, you think I'm gonna come in here and have you weld this up and not like pay anything? Like, yeah. It, you know, it that makes me really happy that like I went in there, I was like, Hey, we're competing. Like I need to finish this. I need to go back and practice. And they were like, yo, they did it up. They fixed it. I went back out there and I practiced and I got some good data out of that. But you know, it made me really happy knowing that people were on the same page as me and they knew where I was coming from. But at yeah. the same time, like <laughs> that camaraderie. always pay the Yeah. Always pay the people that take care of you, obviously. Cause you know, I really don't, I don't believe in taking shit for free, like especially people who put the put the time in it, um, especially a, like a small speed shop in Colorado. You know, like take care of the people that are willing to put in that time for you. But, yeah, for um, sure. We 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 blew that intercooler shit, got it fixed, um, came back to the track. Like it was raining for a little bit, so I was like, I really wasn't happy about getting in my car and you know doing some laps because I knew the next day during competition it wasn't going to be raining. So I was like, all right, we'll wait it out. Dry the track dried up, got a couple good laps. Um, we were actually doing really good. We we lost the battle. Uh, we got put in the losers bracket. It was the same format as us drift and their double elimination so we were we really weren't too worried about being kicked out of the competition so we battled our way up in the um in the losers bracket um but i I made a simple mistake and ended up getting taken out in the competition before probably top 10 maybe top 15 out of 40 um but yeah you know um you know, I just took it as another learning experience, and you know, we we started heading home after that. But I was still happy. I got good seat time in the car and got some good data, and I worked with a lot of great people. So we had a really good time. And then, what about um, MDU? So MDU was actually really good. So their track was so difficult at, in the beginning. We had such a tough day. Uh, during practice because they usually do practice day and then the next day's competition yeah um (laughs) it's super funny um so we we have a hauler we have like an rv with like a stacker trailer on it that we got before we went to sonoma 
And uh, I drove that thing all the way from New York to California and back. No problems. Um, that being said, I do not have a CDL as of now. I'm working to get one. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, uh, so after Colorado, we ended up going back to New York, um, parked a hauler, and, you know, just relaxed for a couple days. And I got back into it, got the car ready, got everything ready to – head out to Ohio um, to go compete. Um, <laughs> so I was driving my hauler, um, and I, uh, as I was saying before, I didn't have a CDL. Uh, we actually got pulled over pulled over in Pennsylvania um, How'd that on go? our way to Ohio. <laughs> it didn't go well, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, uh, state trooper pulled us over. He hops up in my window and he's like, Hey, how's it going? He's like, I saw you don't have a DOT number. I was like, all right. Uh, I was like, uh, yeah, I was like, it's owned by a company, but we're, you know, we're, we're private. Like we don't, you know, it's not commercial. And he's like, you got, you got a class a or a CDL. I was like, no, sir. And he's like, all right. He's like, well, you're going to follow me off the highway and uh, we're going to pull into a truck stop. Fuck. Uh, truck stop is basically just a gas station with a spot for a truck to pull in so um i followed the cop we went to this gas station truck stop and he came out to my window and he was like well he's like well what are you going to what are you what are you driving to and i was like well uh, i'm a race car driver and you know we're going to a uh, a track day <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, uh, well, what happens at these track days? I was like, well, we're just going to, um, gee, you know, just drive and have fun. Cause you know, these, these, uh, DOT and these cops, they know that like, if you're competing for money and if you have sponsors, uh, they consider you commercial. So I was like, I knew this and I just played dumb. You know, I don't recommend this to anybody that's listening, but, um, I just told him straight up. I was like, Hey, I was like, yeah, we're just going to a fun track day. We're going to have fun. Um, you know, uh, just, just going to drive. And he was like, all right. He was like, well, he's like, you're a race car driver, aren't you? I was like, uh, yeah, I guess. And he was like, you got sponsors. I was like, uh, no. Cause I mean, at the, at the time, I mean, still now no one pays me to go race. So I, was yeah. like, I got, I got stickers on the car. You know, I help people out and I give them that exposure, but you know, I'm going to, I'm not going to tell him that people pay me to go race. Cause I mean, no one pays me to go race. Yeah. And so you're not uh, lying. He's like, mm. well, yeah, I, I wasn't lying. So that I didn't feel bad saying that to him. I was like, well, no. And he was like, all right. He's like, well, where are you going to drive? And I was like, uh, we're going to Midwest. Uh, Drift Union. It's in Ohio. Um, he's like, all right, well, hang tight. This cop literally pulls up his phone and searches Midwest Drift Union and finds out that we're going to a shootout. And he's <laughs> like, hey, so like, he's like, they, there's supposedly a race going on this weekend. Are you, are you doing this race? I was like, uh, we're just going out to Midwest Drift Union to go drive. He's like, well, are you competing? I was like, ah, well, there's a competition that we might do. He's like, well, are you going to do the competition? I was like, yeah, we're going to do it. He's like, well, it says you win five grand if you win the competition. So if you're going to raise this competition, you're commercial. I was like, oh, my God. This dude literally looked it up on his phone, Midwest Drift Union, <laughs> found the shootout, found the cash prize, and he's like, you're going to raise for money. You're commercial. Not to mention it costs probably five grand just to drive the hauler 
to the event. Not to mention, I mean, it doesn't cost that much to drive a haul in there, but like tires and you know fuel and all that stuff, that shit adds up. So like, even if I won that weekend, no one's making money. That's yeah. just a reimbursement for half the money we spend to go <laughs> race. Yeah. But it's, it's a twisted system. They're just trying to. It's a. It's a. It's a total money grab right now. But you know, we got screwed over, and he was like, you know what? He's like, well, he's like, I'm parking you. You can't drive. You don't have a CDL or an ACOS license, so you're stuck in Pennsylvania until you get a uh, a driver with an A class or a CDL to drive you to Ohio. So we were literally stuck in Pennsylvania uh, for about. I'd say about eight hours. I put out a bunch of feelers on Instagram and Facebook, and I was like, hey, we need a driver right now to come grab us and bring us to Ohio. And we actually ended up getting someone. So, uh, Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. But I was super scared because uh, a buddy of mine, Steve Misko, who was another Pro-Am driver uh, who was looking to get his license, um, put his car in my hauler in our stacker, and I told him because his his truck and trailer was broken down. And I said, hey, I'll bring your car to the racetrack. Just meet me there. So I was super worried. I was like, dude, I was like, I don't care if like I was like, I don't care about getting in the track. I want to get this shit to the track because Steve Misko's car is in my trailer right now. I want to make sure he has a chance of getting a license. I already have a license. I'm not worried about it. I want yeah. him to do good this weekend. So I felt really bad, but. Fortunate enough, we got we got the hauler out there. A dude from Long Island met us. Literally, his wife drove to Pennsylvania and dropped him off, and drove our hauler to Ohio. Dude was really cool. Oh, sweet. Um, yeah, but we had a really good weekend with uh, Midwest Drift Union. They they run their events really good. Not to mention, they had the help of uh, Brian from US Drift. So. The event was top notch. It really was, and we we did really well. Um, I unfortunately took myself out of competition by crashing into a wall, though. Ooh, <laughs> been there. Yeah, so we were uh, fourth. Uh, it was the fourth place battle. It was me and Joshua Love from Colorado. Uh, we were battling it out. Um, you know, not the. Not to say anything negative, but I'm pretty sure we were going to take the win just because of our follow battle against him, and our lead was looking really good. Uh, but unfortunately, I ended up clipping the wall with the back of my car and sucked me in, and I just ended up, you know, just crashing the car really bad. Yeah. So that ended our weekend, and also kind of rode off our chassis for 2019, so we're building another car. Oh, that was going to... You just ruined my next questions. If it makes you feel better, I just... <laughs> I just ordered some parts from him. From who? Josh. Uh, Josh he, is a wonderful dude. He uh, he, he is such a nice guy. He he switched his slave cylinder this year to I believe a Tilton. Yeah, because he's probably running a four-speed dog box. Yeah, he was running one last year, but uh, he had the McLeod one, and that's the one I run. So. Gotcha. I was like, he's like, you want this as a spare? I was like, I sure do. So hopefully I get that next, sometime this week or next in the mail. Uh, I'm sure you will. Josh is a great dude. He, we became yeah, good friends after Sonoma. Twice. He was actually, he came in uh, second place in Sonoma. We were actually the last battle together. 
Oh, okay. So it was me in first, him in second, and then the local, a local to uh, Sonoma, actually came in third. So you very clearly haven't done any other driving this off season. <laughs> None. <laughs> I drove uh, right after MDU. That was the only car I had drivable, and I crashed it. And uh, we made the the decision the decision since we um, were going into Pro Two for this year. Um, I decided, you know what, I. I'd rather spend the money uh, rather than fixing this car, get us in a new chassis, and we'll transfer as many parts over as we can. So that's what we did. And then um, how bad did you crash it? Like, what, where did you – I know you said he clipped the wall, but so what did you end up doing as far as damage goes? So I I tapped the wall with the back of my car, and, you know – Got sucked in. I know says, how it works. Oh, yeah. Yep. Keep it, keep it floored, steer away from the wall, you know. Uh, our car was pretty gripped up, so once I clipped the back of the wall, the back of the car on the wall, it slowed down the car enough that it just sucked the front end. So um, we pushed it enough where we collapsed the lower con- control arm and, you know, kind of pushed the whole front of the car over and, you know, pretty much damaged a lot of structural stuff enough that, like, we couldn't drive again. Um, but we were actually in the loser's bracket, which is weird. Like we've been in the loser bracket a lot this year, but, uh, <laughs> we've done uh, really well in there, but, um, yeah, so we were in the loser's bracket and since we crashed, we were kind of out of the competition, but, uh, it kind of, you know, just took out the car. So we just, you know, the whole front structure of the car was pushed over to the, to the driver's side and. It was just really not pretty, but you know, uh, eventually I still have my S13 and it's actually sitting in my trailer in front of my house right now. I'll eventually fix it and bring it back to life, but it just, it just wasn't looking promising to bring that back as a, as a professional, you know, FD car. Yeah. And then, uh, so with you building both of these cars, do you do most of the work or how much of the work are you doing yourself? If any So actually... So to to pull us back in 2018, I actually had a lot of help from Freedom Motorsports. They're based out of uh, Exton, Pennsylvania. Great group of dudes. Um, they really busted our ass on getting this car ready for pro-am stuff. Unfortunately, we were really, um, you know, the, the timeline was super tight, so we just really didn't have enough time to get the car dialed in. Um, so we did our thing in 2018. In 2019, I decided that I was going to take on the car myself. Um, from all that I learned and, you know, the people that I know fabrication-wise and stuff, um, I actually brought the car to friends of mine in uh, New Egypt, New Jersey, uh, Gary Lewis and Mikey Walsh. Uh, they helped me throughout the season also with the uh, uh, the hand of uh, his nickname is Moose. Uh, he worked for uh, Papadakis Racing for a long time, mm-hmm. not to mention MA Motorsports in their uh, golden years. And I mean, obviously, Papadakis kills it every year. Um, so having him on our side, giving us pointers uh, during 2019 was really good. And we had the car set up proper. So uh, 2019, I spent a lot of time building the car myself. And um, Going into 2020, after we crashed the car and I decided I wanted to build another chassis, I was looking to outsource some fabrication work and uh, actually got in touch with Brian uh, Wilkerson over at MA Motorsports. And uh, we actually worked out a deal, and he he took on our chassis and um, basically devoted all of his time to making us a really um, 
crazy chassis that had everything competition wise in mind and making it a really 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 good chassis to compete um so 2019 spent all the time that i had on my car i was actually living out of my truck for a couple weeks uh in new jersey and uh for 2020 uh i basically bought my s15 chassis dropped off ma motorsports and they've had the car ever since so this year it's been kind of weird i really haven't been touching the car at all gotcha and just to touch on that, like, you, did you live in your truck by choice, like, to pay for racing? Like, was it, I'm going to pay for racing shit, or I'm going to live in my truck for a little bit? <laughs> so, um, it, I mean, if you can, just ask me a question again, just so, so I can. I, I know, I worded it terribly, sorry. <laughs> no, no um, you're fine. No, 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 so, like, uh, did you, like... so, was the sacrifice to live in your truck, like, was it based because of racing? Like, oh, I need to pay for this now, so I'll, you know, I'll tough it out and sleep in the truck for a couple of days or whatever, however long. Or was it just yeah, bad timing? So, I mean, I mean, racing and the the shit that you're willing to do for this this type of lifestyle is a sacrifice. But you do that regardless because you know what you get out of it. Um, I'm from New York, Long Island, obviously. So, um, in New Jersey and I'm like, I need to spend consecutive weeks on this car to get it ready. Not to mention the timeline that we were working on. I just said in 2019, we literally finished the car the day at the track. So, um, you know, it was a compromise and I was just like, you know what, this has to get done. Everyone is helping me as much as they can with still doing their normal life stuff and have people who are helping me have real life jobs where, you know, I have the time where I could spend every day on my car, but, you know, the car is in Jersey. So I was like, you know what? Well, I'm I'm just going to stay out here. I'm going to work every single night. And that's exactly what I did. So I would go in there, you know, 12 o'clock in the afternoon on a Thursday and I would literally wouldn't go home for weeks on end and I was literally working every night it's pretty funny because my buddy Gary he actually lived across the street from a uh a little stable where they kept these horses and I would literally stay up every single night working on my car until at least seven o'clock in the morning and I would walk out and feed these horses and that's when I knew I'm gonna go take a nap in my truck <laughs> I would wake up at I wake up twelve o'clock to one o'clock in the afternoon, and I'd start all over again. It was a it was a really weird time, but at the same time, I I learned so much from it. And there's a lot of people out there, you know, they're willing to put that sacrifice and they're willing to put in that time. And those are the people that I want to see succeed the most because that separates you from the people who really want to do it. You know? Yeah, that that that's like a really humbling experience too. I'd, I'd imagine. Oh, dude, of course. It's it's literally nothing else matters. Yeah. You literally have one thing on your mind. That's all you're doing. You know, the little things that make you happy at the time, they make you happy. You know, that's why, like, it sounds funny. It, it, it may sound stupid to others, but, you know, I literally look forward to every morning working my ass off all through the night. And then when the sun came up, I saw those horses across the street from my buddy's house. I walk up, say what's up to them, and I would sleep in my truck. And then I'd start it all over again. I'd start working on my car. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Um, if you don't mind me asking, how do you pay for this? 
Dude, so this is what this do you is do? something that I I I really I really often keep it to myself just because there's a slight stigma that comes to it. Uh comes with it. Um, you know, I get a lot of support from my family. You know, I really don't have a job. Nothing wrong with um, that. Yeah. No, I, I really appreciate you saying that, honestly, because, you know, I, I would really imagine people that are in my position, they would capitalize on the fact that they have the resources to do it and they would want to do the same thing that I'm doing. But, you know, at the same time, there's still some people out there that, you know, they're, they're not happy with the fact that, you know, you can just you can work. People think that you work less hard than them and you're able to do the stuff and they're mad about it. You know, I, I really don't. I really don't. I'm not mad at those people who think like that, but at the same time, I respect everybody and I expect the same respect from everyone else. And I've I've caught I've caught some of that stigma from people. You know, people just say, you know, he his dad pays for all this stuff, or you yeah, know, but, or other people pay for his stuff. But like I've said before in the past, like if my son just said, like, hey, I want to do this, like I'm gonna support him, you know, to the of full course, extent. Dude. Like, like of my course. dad helps me, like not financially in in any way, but. Yeah. I steal his fucking tools all the time when I need to do shit. Like, I don't own a chop saw. His chop saw is here. That's the reason I'm getting a lot of work done on the car right now. It's just that, yeah. you know, I'm not going to go spend the 250 you know, bucks on one. You know, I, I, the way I think about it is I would be, and I'm allowed to curse on here, right? Fuck no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, I would be a fucking fool not to accept the help that I've gotten over the years because the people who help me, my family, they believe in what I'm trying to do. And I appreciate them to the full extent. I don't even know how I could appreciate them more than I already do uh, for all the stuff they've done for me in the past. And not to mention to this day, literally to this day, um, all the stuff that they do for me. And, and I've really capitalized on that. And I make sure that they know that I'm doing the best with everything that they've given me. So I would expect the same from anyone else that is in the same position as me. So, you know, people really don't like that. People want to talk shit. I really don't care because I respect I respect everyone to the fullest. People want to talk shit about me. I, I don't mind. You know, they're just into that. It's fine with me. No, you know, if you really got a problem with me, you know, keep it yourself. It's fine. Yeah, like you know, um, if you're mad at me for me just capitalizing on being able to do what I love to do, then go ahead. Hey, I'm just I'm still gonna enjoy what I'm doing, and I'm still gonna make the best out of it always. Yeah, and then like so, I've had uh, Troy Manners on before, and uh, like him, his thing is his dad like always encouraged him to work and stuff like that, and made him earn his keep and stuff like that. So that's very admirable too. Like, there's nothing wrong with helping out you know, your kids. I don't see a problem, you know, cause I have a kid and I would do anything for him. Um, yeah. You know, and someday this may pay off. So of course. And, and to kind of go back into that, you know, I, I didn't grow up with the things that I've been capable to do, capable of doing, you know, like my family, you know, back in the day, if I wanted to do this, it wouldn't have been a thing, you know? I mean, I grew up racing go-karts. That was a great pastime. We had a great time, me and my family, and, you know, I, gr- I grew up fucking poor, you know, and my dad, he made something of himself. And I, I really don't want to go into too much of my family stuff because it, it's really not important. But people just I just want people to know that where I come from, I'm not a, I'm not a stuck up little piece of shit who doesn't appreciate the things they are given to me. You know, I make the best out of everything, any scent, any 
you know, not even money, just because someone shows up and they show that they're willing to put in the time to help me, you know, I appreciate to the appreciate that to the fullest i love that to 110 percent, and you know i am super proud of where i where i am right now and i wouldn't be here at all if it wouldn't be uh because i wouldn't be here be where i am right now because of the people that supported me so i am super grateful for i am and i don't take anything for granted never in my life yeah and the same thing like with me like i grew up we grew up poor uh and then when i was like 12 my dad got into the industry that we're both in now and now we're both able to make a decent living and hell yeah. like, pursue this stuff so like i install fire alarms for a living um, oh hell yeah dude so and that's kind of obviously my career has you only make more money you know the farther you go especially if you're good at it and yeah like now that i know i'm making more money like same thing i would of course i would be like yeah let me help you if my kid asked me um if I can of get course. him to fucking work for it, though. This little asshole. <laughs> the other day, he hit me up for a game that just came out. I was like, he's yeah. like, can you get it for me for my birthday? I was like, if you want it sooner, you can work for it. He's like, no, I can wait. I was like, you mother fucker. <laughs> now I, you know, I mean, now how, I'm not going to buy it. Like, nope, not buying it. I mean, it. how old is your kid, though? He's eight. He's got to do yeah, some chores yeah. around the house. Pick up the dog shit in the yard. Something, I don't know, something. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally, I totally understand that. I totally do. But you know, at the same time, it's it's tough with kids, especially especially where we're at in the world right now. They see a lot of people just being able to get shit, you know, just handed to them. So I understand where the kids are coming from, but at the same time, I totally respect where you're coming from because you gotta teach, you gotta teach the kids young. Like you gotta, because you know, if you just give kids everything they want, they're not gonna respect it when they're older. And you know, I'm I'm grateful enough that I respect things now because when i was a younger kid i couldn't have them you know yeah and that's great so dude keep doing what you're doing you know keep like if you if you want your kid to do chores to get something that he wants (laughs) i'm all for it trying because they'll they'll expect that they'll respect that so where are we at in this s15 build what are we doing let's talk about this build oh my gosh i am so excited for this thing um uh, brian walkerson John Wilkerson or MA Motorsports, they've been literally the easiest people to work with. And I think I follow Not them. to mention, oh, you should. I mean, if anyone's if, if, like you and anyone that's listening to this, definitely follow MA Motorsports because they have been in it since yeah. they've been building cars since the 90s, bro. They know so much knowledge. And even if you don't care about what they're like, what they're doing or what they're like into or what they're building, you will learn something every time you see when they're posting up on something. Like I, I literally wanted them to build me a car because I knew I was going to learn something out of it. And I wanted that. I wanted that knowledge because they've done so well, but going back on the S 15, um, right now it's a bare chassis. We just got it back from paint. Uh, we have a lot of components that can get bolt, bolted right into it. Um, we just got our motor, our dry sump system for it, so that'll be pieced together. I, I literally just ordered a turbo for it today. Um, it'll get pieced together pretty quick. Um, right now with the FD schedule, it's being tossed around just because it's COVID stuff. Um, so we're waiting around to hear what's going on with that, but... Um, no matter what, we're going to make the best out of it. Um, they're building me a really great car. 
um, I'm I'm honestly sad because I wish I could I wish I could be there without building it together just because you know that's just what I'm used to especially spending 2019 out of my truck building the car every year you know I miss I miss having that time just you know knuckling down and building a car for myself but I know for a fact they <laughs> so much knowledge is being put into that car um, so you know, I can, I can definitely expect the best from them. And I'm really looking forward to getting in that car and getting some preseason testing and really looking forward to this year. Has a FD mentioned, have they like reached out to you guys and say like, Hey, this might be postponed depending on how things go. Uh, so, uh, FD has reached out to the drivers and let us know what's going on. Um, whether or not I can speak on that, I can't really. Yeah. Um, it, the only way you really find out about it is through FD. Um, I do know some things about the future. Um, it is looking bright for us. So anyone who's listening, you know, don't really worry about it. We're, we're definitely going racing. We're going to have a good year. Um, but, you know, just just stay in touch with whatever FD is posting and, you know, keep tabs on it because you'll find out from them before anyone else. So, you know, I can't, I can't really speak on what's going on for this year, but um, you'll definitely find out in the future. Yeah. Uh, what is the ultimate goal for your Pro 2 rookie year? <laughs> Win the championship. Be rookie of the year. <laughs> you can only, you can only win both of those it's... the first year if you want. <laughs> you only have one chance to get so, them both, so. <laughs> yes, of course. So, I mean... Um, winning the championship is obviously our number one goal because we want to win. Obviously, we always want to win. Anyone who's in uh, professional drifting or professional racing, obviously, you want to win. So our goal is to obviously be the champion, the champion of 2020 in Pro 2. Uh, but uh, under that, I would really love to just consecutively do really well and get really good standings and do well for our partners this year just because they're putting a lot of effort uh, into our program. And, uh, you know, I really want to give back to them because I really appreciate all the, th the hard work and, you know, the stuff that are really, all the things that they're putting into our program. So um, if I were to shoot short, uh, rookie of the year would really mean a lot to me. But, you know, anything better than that, obviously I would love to win the championship. And obviously every time I suit up and trap into my car, I'm going to shoot for that championship. Yeah, that's good. Um, when do you have like a projected finish date for the car? Right now, we really don't have a, a set date, but um, looking at the schedule, we might be set up good. Um, as I was saying before, I can't really talk too much about the schedule because it really hasn't been confirmed for 2020, but uh, we should be getting a lot of great seed time before the season starts, which I'm very uh, fortunate to have. But uh, Brian Wilkerson and all of his crew over at MA Motorsports, uh, they're no joke. You know, they they have that chassis and they're doing everything they can to get it ready uh, as soon as possible. So I'd expect us to have it done very soon. All righty. All right. So I got two whole questions because I barely posted like five minutes before we decided to record this. Um, yeah, no problem, man. It's from A <laughs> A Falk thirty six. Yeah. Uh, why are you the best? <laughs> is that your buddy? Yes. Yeah, so that is a friend of mine. Uh, I've actually been doing a lot of uh, 
during this quarantine time and this really weird time of, uh, you know, I really haven't been getting any social life or, you know, any, you know, I really can't see my friends and not to mention all my friends live out of state. So I've been doing a lot of live feeds on Instagram and stuff. And, uh, he's been a good, a good dude and constantly hopping in on the, on the, uh, the live feeds and, you know, hanging out, have a good time. But I, I, <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm the best, but I'm obviously striving to be the best that I can be and, you know, prove myself. Um, but you know, I really appreciate the fact that you would say something like that, that I'm the best. And I hope that I can live up to that in the future and, you know, prove myself. So I appreciate <laughs> him swinging by and saying that. Yeah. He also said more night live streams. <laughs> See, so he is like, I was saying before I've been doing a lot of live streams, so He's been hopping in there and, you know, hanging out. So he's a good dude. And I've been doing a lot of uh, giveaways. Everyone that uh, hops in there, we have a lot of fun. We do some car trivia. <laughs> they got some free stickers out of it. I actually have, like, a, a mound of <laughs> posted, uh, like, uh, postage envelopes with stickers that I'm getting ready to send out tomorrow. <laughs> oh, nice. Hey, do you do, like, um, what would you call it, like, apparel? Or, damn it, I can't think of the fucking word right now. Yeah, apparel. No, apparel and like merch. Yeah, yeah merch. Merch was the fucking word yeah, I couldn't merch. think of. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you do like merch and so, stuff like that? Uh, yeah, hell yeah. So in uh, 2019, I actually took on the, um, <laughs> I actually took on opening up my own business. So oh, nice. in 2019, we started Power Racing LLC and uh, I generated that in hopes to help us go racing so i've been um producing some merchandise with uh some t-shirts sweatshirts stickers and you know stuff like that just to just to keep the people happy and you know get them introduced to power racing and you know kind of get them interested in seeing where we go with this so uh it's been great i've gotten to meet a lot of people a lot of great people and make a lot of great friends out of it uh not to mention it really shows you how many people are willing to support you and I'm super grateful for that because, you know, I really started it, you know, just as a small thing, you know, I just wanted to give back to the people who really thought that we were doing a good thing. And I wanted to make some cools that people could hold on to, you know, support and, you know, enjoy it. So we just made some merch and ended up being a, a hit for a little bit. And we're just uh, currently tr trying to generate some more um, products for the people that support us. So. It's been a little weird just considering the state that we're in right now with uh, everything going on. But I think we have a really bright future with power racing. And, you know, I really look forward to meeting more people and, you know, getting more uh, more fans. Even though, like, I, when I say fans, it's kind of weird. And, just, and kind of consider my fans just friends, you know? Yeah. Because I, I, anyone who is willing to support me, I literally want to know you on a first-name basis. I want to be your friend. Because if you're willing to buy my stuff and, you know, wear my shirt or my sweatshirt or put a sticker on your car, you know, I want to be your friend because I feel like that's, you know, that's the best I could do for these people that are willing to, you know, buy stuff for me and help me go racing, you know? Yeah. It's it's very simple. It's just, you know, I really, I really just look forward to giving back to the people who just love the same stuff that I do because, you know... I've always looked up to a lot of people and, you know, 
I, I've always wished that they would be, you know, close to me. And, you know, I've, I've learned that from a BMX background. I've always looked up the pros and getting to meet them and stuff. So I just, I just thought it'd be great if people support me. I just always want to be there for them. Yeah. So, uh, where can people find you at if they want to follow you or do you do YouTube or anything like that? Uh, yeah, I actually do. It's been a fun venture that we started last year. Um, so, uh, just to start it off, my Instagram is uh, Mike Power Drift. And uh, if anyone's looking for some YouTube videos, we have some really cool updates on the S15 and the build process at uh, Power Racing on YouTube. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really not super huge on Twitter, but uh, that's also Power Racing on Twitter. And you know, I, I if anyone's looking to follow us and see what we're up to. Uh, I would say Mike Power Drift on Instagram is definitely the place to, best place to find out what's going on. And I post that on most. I'm going to ask you a stupid question. Uh, it's power, not powers, right? No S. Okay, just making sure. Because I was going to do the yeah. intro for the show, and I was <laughs> like, I don't want to say your name wrong like a dick. I've done it before. So that's... Won't be the... Won't be... <laughs> it's not a problem. It's a it's a huge misconception of my my last name, and... I'm really not looking forward to going into Pro 2, people thinking my name is Powers. My last name is Power. There's no S. My name you is better, Mike Power. You better find fucking Jared Deanna and be like, hey, it's Power. Like, there's no S. Yeah. But, I will. I've met him before. He's a super cool dude. Yeah. I look forward to seeing him as this year kicks off. Because it is misleading. I was like, when I first saw it, I was like, I was like isn't it Powers? But... Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's super weird. I'm literally gonna make a shirt that says no ass on it. I swear <laughs> <to God. laughs> or at least a sticker or something. Right. Like if you come to FD and you see me there, I'm gonna hand you something and it's gonna say no ass. <laughs> well, if all goes well and you guys end up in uh Sonoma this year, I should be out there. Um at least I plan to. But we'll see how oh, that yeah. goes because I'm actually doing the uh Pro Two shootout in Vegas this year in October, so Depending on how broke I am after that, we'll see how that goes. If I make oh, yeah. it up so to you. Where, where are you based out of right now? Los Angeles. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So. So, do you know a lot of guys from the Vegas and and uh, from the Vegas area and like, um, you know, the North California area? I do not. Um, I know a couple <laughs> because of the podcast, but I outside you. of that, I I don't really travel. Um, unless drifting is taking me there, so yeah, the no, Vegas I totally I'm the same way. Yeah, the Vegas thing that'll be the first time I drive out of state, probably. Um, nice. I don't know. We'll see. I still got a lot That's to finish exciting. on my car, so I'm hoping to have it done by like July. I keep pushing the fucking nice. date back. Like every every episode, it was like first it was May, now then it was June, now it's <laughs> July. Um, it happens, man. It happens to the best of us. If I can get it done by August completely ready to go and actually get some sea time i'll i'll be i'll live with it so we'll see of course but hey yeah, uh, dude, travel travel as much as you can <laughs> yeah that's uh that's the plan at least with drifting i was actually i'm actually supposed to be in hawaii right now but <laughs> damn covid <laughs> yeah yeah paid for and everything oh, yeah. i already paid for it Not and sure. uh we had it me and my girlfriend we had to cancel our trip so We'll uh, try to rebook it for the summer, maybe. We'll see how that fucking goes. But hey, man, well, uh, I hope I hope you get to do that. Well, I, me too. 
I should be drinking Mai Tais on a fucking beach right now. Uh, <laughs> but hey, <laughs> hey man, uh, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Uh, no problem. If you ever want to come on again, you're always more than welcome to. Just feel free to reach out. Um, Dude, and best of luck this year. Seriously, man. Best thank of luck. Thank you so much. Um, and I look forward to seeing how you do, man. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you letting me on. And I hope uh, I hope anyone listening kind of gained something from it and, you know, just enjoyed listening to this and me and you bullshit and have a good time. Yeah. But uh, I really appreciate the, the good wishes. And I hope that we uh, cross paths and we can hang out in person. Oh, I'm sure we will someday. Um, and oh, then you, yeah. you were also recently on the Tandem podcast, right? Yes, I was. Okay, so if anybody wants to go uh, listen to that, I was. He and I did like a double episode together one time. One time, and then he took oh, a. Oh, that's l- awesome! Yeah, Mike's a good dude. Yeah, he's cool. He took like a long break from uh, just doing the podcast in general. Yeah, he said he took like a year off. Yeah, I was like, oh, there goes that podcast, and then yeah. out of nowhere, I saw it on my feed again. I was like, oh shit! So, but I'm glad that he's back. We yeah, same time. here. Yeah, he, he uh I like his um his side of like doing the grassroots stuff. I think that's really cool. So Yeah, grassroots is really important. Yeah, definitely. Cuz that's where you uh learn most of the time. Yeah, of but, course, that's where you get into it. Yep. Alrighty, man. You have a good night, sir. Hey, you too, bud. Right. I look forward to uh talking to you in the future. All right, likewise. Have a good night. Uh, have a good night, bud. Bye.